That was Bridges by Alika, who's from Estonia, and that was Estonia's entry in Eurovision Song Contest of this year about building bridges. My co-host Phil Brown went on a business trip. Actually, it was a team-building session from his uh, base in New York City to Estonia, where his company has uh, lots of workers. And maybe he was not quite sure about this as a typical destination when there were so many beautiful places in the Caribbean, Hawaii, the Far East, but the Eastern Bloc. (laughs) Anyway, here's another story with a surprising ending. Estonia turned out to be a country rich with thousands of years of history and a yearning for freedom that saw them break away from Russia first in 1918 and then again have to do it again after uh, the annexation that Russia uh, introduced after World War II, and which lasted right up until 1991, when Estonia declared itself an independent republic with a democratic parliamentary system. Now part of the EU, they must have wondered if they'd be next in Putin's gun sights. Well, Graham, yeah, Estonia was a fascinating trip. And uh, one of the smart things that Estonia did when they left the USSR in 1991 and became a part of the EU was they also joined NATO at the same time. So that gave them significant sort of military protection, I guess, against uh, Russian retaliation, which is a, was a very smart move at the time. Sure. Um, I went to a couple of the major cities there, Tallinn and Tartu. Uh, Tallinn is an amazing city with uh, uh, a preserved area called Old Town. It's the best preserved medieval city in Northern Europe. So if you uh, you wanted to walk down the streets of a 13th or 14th century uh, city, European city, and see what it really looked like, uh, this is definitely the place to go. Um, lots of stone buildings and old-style sort of <clears throat> turrets and Gothic spires along cobblestone streets, uh, rustic cafes and cottage sort of style accommodation. It's a it's a fascinating place, um, but as you mentioned, it's also um, a highly advanced uh, digital society as well. And I'll I'll get to that in a moment. But uh, I did get to see quite a bit of the old. Uh, you know, the, the original sort of town and spent some time at uh, Kurosari Castle, which is a 14th century castle. It was really a fortress. I mean, some of the walls were 30, 30 odd feet thick of solid stone and we were able to climb up uh, to the top of the, the castle and walk around the turrets and uh, I could imagine myself shooting off a few arrows, <laughs> at, arrows at some invaders yeah. <laughs> over, over the edge there. But uh, that was a fascinating place. I, I actually, you know, when I first heard we were going to Estonia, I pictured, you know, goat herders on the side of a hill yeah. and thinking we'd be camping out. But it was actually quite sophisticated um, Estonia has its own language. Um, it's sort of related to sort of Finnish and Hungarian, but different in its own way. There are lots of really long vowel sounds. It's quite an unusual language. Oh. But everyone pretty much um, speaks English as well. Right. In fact, they're known as being uh, the most uh, sort of correct English speakers in Europe. 
And that, uh, that makes them pretty viable in terms of employees for international companies because the, the wages are relatively low there. The cost of living is, is quite low. So it's, uh, it's an alternative um, place to hire really, really smart people um, that speak you know, very, uh, very nice English. And write um, English too, I imagine? Ab- absolutely, absolutely, right. yeah. No, that sounds great. I, I've, I had a look online when I knew you were going to talk about Estonia and it did surprise me what I found. I was a bit like you, thought they might be uh, a friendly <laughs> goat herd. Um, but uh, they, they, love a, they love a song though, don't they? They've, they've got their oh, own Maya music bowl that apparently every five years, they even have an Olympic flame that they light during this big celebration. And about 100,000 people gather to watch these massed choirs. Um, They sang, I I noticed on YouTube, there was a rendition of the Ukraine national anthem that they sang in solidarity with other NATO members. You know, they've now got uh, two NATO members right next door. Uh, I don't know whether they provide any buffer from Russia, but Sweden and Finland are uh, uh, the latest uh, new members of NATO, aren't they? Yes, they are. And that is certainly great news for Estonia, who was kind of sort of, you know, hanging out there on their own uh, for for quite a long time. But, yeah, they're very big on the folk music thing, like this this group that I was with, uh, um, people that I work with uh, from Estonia. They have their own sort of folk dancing and uh, singing group within the 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 organisation. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a a pretty big thing there. but uh, as I was saying about the language, it's a great place for tourists because everyone really does speak the language and it's a fairly low cost of living, so everything's pretty much affordable there. But um, I, I mentioned before it's regarded as one of the most advanced digital societies in the world. Um, every citizen at birth gets issued with a digital ID card, which you can use for digital signatures for just about anything, uh, for voting, tax returns, you can book train tickets. Kids can probably pay for their you know, school lunches with the thing. Right. Um, so it's, uh, they've been digitised for a long time. They were the first country in the world to introduce electronic voting. Um, something that will probably not happen in America in my lifetime. <laughs> no, probably not. Um, so very, very much advanced. And they, they have a lot of um, technology startups. Uh, children start learning programming at about the age of five or six at the schools there. And uh, incredible uh, startups there. Skype is one company that uh, many of your listeners ah, would probably yeah. uh, have heard of yeah. started, uh, started there. And, um, yeah, they've been very, very successful. There's been free Wi-Fi there for years. Like, you can be hiking through a forest and you've still got a, a Wi-Fi connection pretty much all over the country. Right. Um, so it's a fascinating place. Um, weather-wise, you know, probably May to late August is a good time to visit, but definitely check it out. If you're interested in, you know, that old European history, it's a fantastic place, but it's also kind of high-tech in other parts of the, the cities and lots of good nightlife, good uh, European fashion as well. Um, some of our folks from the US used to, or, you know, would, would uh, go over there fairly regularly to buy clothes over there. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, it's a fascinating place and, um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to go back and spend some more time there, to be honest. Sure. Uh, can we just ask about the, the food and 
and uh, the beverage. Are, are they beer drinkers like a lot of Europeans? Or Yes, yes, very much so. Okay. Um, what sort of food do they offer? Look, I I think it's it's a little bit... Uh, it's hard to say. It was like, There was a lot of sort of German-style food, right. to be honest. Um, quite a lot of seafood, but, um, yeah, there was... It was really mixed. A lot of lamb and sausage. A lot, lot of sausage. Oh, well, <laughs> that's, that's probably preserved for the cool weather, is it? Yes, I, I guess so. But I remember having quite a few meals there and... Uh, yeah, these these big sort of uh, like those big Polish sausages and a, yeah. and a bunch of uh, you know mashed uh, mystery vegetables alongside <laughs> That's it. So always good. It it's it wasn't a culinary highlight, right? <laughs> um, but it was but it was edible. It, it, yeah, it was. It was, okay. and it was uh, great people. Great people, really, uh, really open and very friendly. Right. And did I notice trams or something similar in the streets there? Yes, they do have some uh, some trams, some old style trams okay. in, in parts of the city as well. And what about the accommodation? Do they know what a Hyatt is, or um, what what's the accommodation like there? Yeah, there are some hotels there. There are some hotels. There are a lot of little cottages, and um, you know, a lot of B and Bs that you can get into as well. Right. Um, so it's it's fairly mixed. Um, you don't have the big sort of high rises. There are no sort of high rise buildings. I think in the whole of Estonia. But uh, you've got some, you know, f- three to four star type hotels. Okay. And uh, now, you went to another yeah. island, didn't you? Uh, one of the other islands, sort of right yes. next to uh, Tallinn's, whatever the Tallinn yeah. Island is called, the mainland. Yeah, we um, went to Saramar, which is a little island. So we we caught a ferry uh, across to Saramar. And this company sort of retreat I was at was uh, sort of in the forest. It was a bunch of log cabins in the oh. forest. And oh, uh, with a little sort of river running through it. And, um, yeah, we had, a, we had a great time. We were there Catch for, your own for, meal or what was the story there? No, no, not quite. We didn't bring the fishing gear with us. But right. it was uh, just a lot of fun. It was a, a great retreat. and uh, Something different. Yeah. Something totally different, something I hadn't done before out in the middle of the the sort of forest in Estonia. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, there you go. That's another time. one. Uh, last week, Karen Avila talked to us uh, about Bulgaria, which uh, is another interesting place not a lot of people have been to. So I'm not sure how long we're going to continue the series of weird and wonderful destinations, but um, <laughs> thank you for sharing that one with us, Phil. <laughs> You're welcome. That was our New York correspondent, Phil Brown, there um, on a a pleasantly surprising visit to Estonia. More information, www.visitestonia.com.